Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. And a special shout-out, Yoshiko. Yoshiko Dart, love you. Wanted to recognize you. And uh, to all of my listeners around the world. You know, sometimes I list the countries, so I'm going to list some of them right now. China, Japan, Poland, Canada, Singapore, Sweden, United Kingdom, Philippines, Honduras, Korea, Ireland, Australia, Saudi Arabia. Now, if you were that one person in Saudi Arabia, you can make a difference. You can make a difference by sharing the news with English-speaking people in your country. We need to let everyone know that people with disabilities have quality of life. We also have Brazil and uh, South Korea, and I mentioned them because my great friend, disability rights leader who works for the State Department, Richard Roberts, I will be seeing you this fall in Brazil. So excited. Gangyang Cho in South Korea, you know I love you. You are just absolutely so awesome. And I have to thank our sponsor, Highmark. Highmark, what a great lead sponsor. You know, this is the 21st year Disability Matters has been on the air. Can you believe it? Why? Why? Because of my great listeners. You listen, I'll put you up again. Any other listening audience for any show with your loyalty, you are also just fantastic. Thank you for listening to the show, and please keep spreading the news. And I am excited today because not as we celebrate Black History Month, not only a great leader in the business community, a disability rights leader nationally, and a close friend of mine that I love, Carrie Stith, Senior Vice President, Accessibility Director at PNC. Carrie, welcome to the show. Uh, Joyce, as I mentioned before we went live, I'm delighted to be here and any day regardless of how my day is gone, any day I get a chance to talk to you, uh, it, my day immediately improves. Uh, your listeners hear the dynamism that you bring. And so how can anybody be in your company and walk away uh, feeling the worst for it? So thanks again for, for uh, allowing me to talk to uh, your listeners today. Right back at you, Carrie Stiff. Um, you know, Carrie... Almost every show, there's a different country. And people always want to know, well, that was a great guest. I want to know about them. I want to know their story. So if you don't mind sharing with our guest in the United States and, of course, around the world, uh, a little bit about yourself, like where did you grow up, go to school, your family, uh, just just about you, uh, and when went sure. on after you graduated. Sure, absolutely. And because you have truly an international audience, let me sort of geolocate where I grew up. Uh, I, I believe everybody in the world knows uh, where Pittsburgh is at, if uh, not where, at least in terms of from the sports tradition. So uh, I grew up in a small town, uh, uh, southwest Pennsylvania, uh, probably about 60 miles south of Pittsburgh, but, but actually pretty close to the West Virginia border. So a rural town, and uh, I received my, my BS, my Bachelor's of Science and MBA degrees from Waynesburg College at the time, which is now Waynesburg University, and it's a small liberal arts school. And I am currently uh, pursuing a Master's of Divinity degree from Regent University. And also, um, in terms of the role uh, that I do. Uh, I'm our uh, accessibility director, 
And uh, so while I don't work in IT, I actually sit in our HR organization. But I do work with our accessibility stakeholders across the enterprise, including IT. Uh, and in fact, something which we'll talk about a bit more uh, as we go on, I think one of the real keys when it comes to accessibility is really to have a holistic approach uh, and one that ensures that employees and customers with disabilities are embraced uh, by an accessible culture and environment. Uh, and I've also, uh, I've been with, uh, with PNC since 1999, and I've worked uh, in a variety of roles, uh, enterprise-level roles, and, and really that experience has helped me uh, to understand how things get done here. Uh, and, then, and so having an understanding of how things get done um, has also allowed me, to, uh, along with the help of a lot of other folks, to advance the cause of accessibility. And so what's my connection to this community? I think everybody has a connection. And for me, um, it really starts uh, with my family. Uh, I entered this uh, community as a result of my life circumstances, uh, having two sons uh, that were born with disabilities, of course, one that you knew very well. So uh, that's just a little bit about me, uh, Joyce. Wow. Well, we're lucky that we have you here. That's what I have to say. Um, so when did you join PNC, Carrie? Uh, the culture, uh, I just had lunch yesterday, believe it or not, with a wonderful person, Vicki Hen. And she sort of is an example of why I feel the company has such a great culture and is so wonderful and inclusive. But what do you think that stems from? Well, I tell you what, uh, I knew you mentioned to me you were having lunch with Vicki, but if I would have kept track of the date, I literally was in her company this morning and I could have mentioned, say, hey, I'm talking to Joyce later on today. Uh, but you mentioned Vicki, and really, um, I think for any change to, to sustain, uh, it's got to be endorsed and driven uh, by the top. So I've been with PNC since 1999. Of course, during that time, uh, we've seen um, leaders come and go. Uh, but one of the things that has remained constant uh, is just a, a commitment uh, to doing the right thing. And so I'll just give you an example. Uh, and so... Uh, every leader here at PNC is assessed on what are called leadership standards that define the behavior of, of, that we are expected to exhibit. So, you know, some organizations may just sort of look at um, sort of numbers to say, hey, will somebody hit their numbers? But uh, at PNC, it's not only about what we do, but it's about how we do it. It's about the behavior that, that we exhibit. And I would also encourage anybody uh, in your audience, if you want to learn a bit more about our culture and other aspects of PNC, uh, you can check out our corporate responsibility report uh, at our website, pnc.com. So that'll give you uh, much more than I can in this relatively short period of time, just some insights into those things that are important to us uh, and the culture that we try to exhibit. Yeah, I, I would just, you know, PNC to me is like a Pittsburgh of course, they're headquartered in Pittsburgh, but a Pittsburgh company in that, like, just like with you and like with Vicki, everyone is uh, just that I've met friendly, down to earth. You know what I mean? You're, there is not a culture of people that are really cold or arrogant or, I mean, it's just, it reminds me of Pittsburgh people. It's really is a wonderful company, but I do believe it starts at the top. I want to mention to everyone, the CEO, Bill Demchek, his uh, brother, his brother had a disability. Uh, he has since passed away, but he's very, very dedicated to the disability community. Uh, have you seen that, Carrie? Absolutely. And, you know, the one thing about Bill... Uh, he is very much a person um, of action. It's really, it's very much about, let's not talk about it, let's be about it. And so, um, so you won't always necessarily see uh, our name out. Well, PNC is doing this and PNC is doing that. And, you know, we may not always be the first to sort of sign on to something, uh, but that is in no way indicative of what we are doing. 
very much around, you know, um, let the actions uh, do your speaking for you. So absolutely that commitment is there. Yes, it is. I just am so impressed with him and with the culture at PNC. And before we go to break, don't go away because we're going to be talking to Carrie about disability and inclusion at PNC and his own views uh, on, on life living with people with disabilities. This is Joyce Bender. If you just joined us, we have been talking to Carrie Stith, Senior Vice President, Accessibility Director at PNC. We will be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. At Highmark, we believe what makes us different makes us better. Our differences broaden our perspectives and foster diverse skills which complement each other, creating a stronger and more vibrant workforce. It's this belief that earned us recognition by the USBLN and the American Association of People with Disabilities as a 2014 Disability Equality Index Best Place to Work. So we'll continue to celebrate diverse individuals because inclusion benefits us all. To find out more, visit Highmark.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training in technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Everyone has unique abilities, and with AbleNow, individuals with disabilities are able to save money while maintaining certain benefits, such as Medicaid. AbleNow is a tax-advantaged savings program specifically designed for people with disabilities. Open an account online today and start saving for the things that are important to you. To learn if you or someone you know is eligible, visit AbleNow.com. AbleNow is administered by Virginia 529. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Disability Matters. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. We are talking to disability rights leader, excellent businessman, and senior vice president and accessibility director at PNC. And you know what? Uh, I wanted to mention this, Carrie. There aren't a lot of accessibility officers or directors, not as many as there should be in the United States at different companies. You're you're absolutely, you know what, uh, Joyce, you're absolutely correct. And, um, you know, I, like you, really try to stay connected more broadly um, with, uh, with others that do this type of work. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, talking with um, somebody you know quite well this morning, uh, my first meeting of the morning, uh, Jeff Whistle with Disability N. And one of the things we were talking about, I've just been hearing this a lot lately, is, is that um, starting to see burnout with uh, accessibility practitioners. And I think in some ways, it's because they may not necessarily feel supported to the point you're making. It's, hey, I'm an individual contributor and kind of feel like I need to roll this rock up the hill all by myself. So uh, I feel very fortunate uh, in that uh, at PNC, uh, the level of support uh, that we do have. But uh, you're right. They're professionally, you look um, at the different certifications. I mean, there's not uh, a lot of people working in the space uh, compared to, say, accountants. You think about other types of professions, 
but the need's there, and, and I do think it is going to be growing. So for those who are kind of feeling the strain, um, I think it's, um, you know, it's, I would say just hold on um, because there's a wave. It's already unleashed, and uh, I think people are going to have to, to join it uh, either willingly or not. So, Yeah. Yeah, there does seem to be a, uh, a, I call it the stall. There seems to be the stall. But, uh, you know, we will break through that and keep on going, and you will see it when this gets to the board level about the importance of accessibility in the corporation to not only attract uh, listeners, and not only to attract money to the company from people with disabilities, but also investors looking at the ESG and looking at what you're doing. So I think it is so important. Um, and Carrie, I, I wanted to ask you about accessibility. Like, when did you first move into accessibility? And would you explain to our listeners what a director? of accessibility does, uh, what does that mean? What is a chief accessibility sure. director? Sure, absolutely. So uh, I, I uh, stepped into my role back in 2022 as PNC's accessibility director. Um, but prior to that, I uh, had spent a decade as a leader uh, in PNC's disability awareness uh, employee business resource groups. Some of your listeners, if you work for uh, corporations or even governmental organizations, you may have resource groups. Uh, so uh, I kind of cut my teeth there, I would say, uh, or frankly, even being a parent, if you want to go back further than that, be starting my advocacy. Uh, but I've worked closely over the last decade uh, at PNC, um, uh, sort of on the side with a focus on accessibility, was delighted to to move into this space um, in 2022. And so in my current role, uh, I lead our strategy, uh, I lead our strategy and support our execution to ensure that PNC, uh, is accessible to our employees and customers. And so, but, you know, what a, uh, somebody in my role might do, or, you know, at times you'll hear a term chief accessibility officer, um, and that will vary from organization to organization. Uh, but I think what's so important, which, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of continue to, uh, pound this nail is that have a, a holistic and integrated view of accessibility. Uh, and that means in, uh, having it integrated into the culture, into your talent practices, uh, into your processes, into your technology, uh, into the physical space, uh, and into the, uh, a company's goods and services. So you won't likely find sort of one person that has organizational responsibilities over all of those activities. But you've got to have an accessibility strategy, Joyce, that encompasses them, encompasses them all, encompasses all of those. And in my role, um, I've got to have a clear understanding of where our progress is at on all of those fronts and of what opportunities we have that lie in front of us. And so one of the things that I'm really proud of that we've created at PNC is an accessibility framework where we have stakeholders who are responsible for executing the various elements of our strategy really come together and to help ensure alignment and progress, you know, to ensure that we're all uh, rowing in the same direction, that the same cadence. Well, when you're an accessibility officer, uh, Carrie, do you, you work across the corporation, right? You work with different Absolutely. officers. Okay. And, what what does accessibility mean? What does that mean? Is that just for people who are blind or just for people who are deaf? What what do companies look at? What does what do they define as accessibility? So when I think about accessibility, uh, Joyce, we're looking at uh, it relative to persons with disabilities. It's to ensure it's to ensure that we are accessible, so that if somebody if an employee um, Think about processes. If they want to become a candidate, if they want to uh, um, become a customer of ours, uh, that they should have an experience that's comparable, maybe different, but a comparable experience um, as anybody uh, else would have. 
Uh, one of the features that's so important, and I know you are very familiar with this concept of universal design, right? You, you design uh, with everybody in mind, and then when you do that, uh, it fits uh, all people. And so, um, again, as I'm sure you're aware, so many things that were initially designed for, uh, for folks that uh, have disabilities uh, are now uh, ubiquitous. I mean, they're in use everywhere, from, from closed captioning, um, to the curb cuts. So you think about curb cuts that were done, um, you know, for folks with wheelchairs. And now, you know, any parent that is pushing a stroller uh, takes uh, advantage of those curb cuts or, or folks who have roller bags. And here's the real neat thing about curb cuts is that, and, with, and this is what I love about my job, is that it's always learning and there's so much nuance. So what I learned um, here within the last month is that when the curb cuts came out, hey, they were great for persons in wheelchairs, but if somebody um, was blind or had low vision, the fact that those curb cuts were smooth created a problem because they could walk right off the curb. Now, with their input, I I encourage listeners, uh, next time, depending where you are, if you see a curb cut, if you see these little tactile features, those were added to help persons who are blind or low, with low vision. But it shows how something was built for one community, somebody else saw it, iterated, and then, then just improved it. And so to me, that's sort of just a microcosm of what accessibility is all about. Well, it's so, you know what? I'm going to give you an example. In D.C., the American Association of People with Disabilities, talk about universal design. Everyone can get in the front door. You know, no steps, no zero. The ramp is right there. Everyone can get in the front door. And when you walk in there, everything is made accessible. It's universal design. And you know what? That makes such a difference. And it's so welcoming to the disability community. I think it's really such an important and smart move for corporations uh, to make. And... I wonder, in your opinion, why, you know, why do you think it is, I gave you my view, why do you think mm-hmm. companies need to better utilize accessibility standards and policies? Well, again, because you're, you're, you're being inclusive, you're not excluding anyone. And so you and I both know this. I mean, there's a strong economic case for, uh, to be made if companies aren't, um, you know, different organizations may have different motivators, um, but uh, for-profit companies, um, they're in business for profit. (laughs) And uh, I think sometimes that the, uh, the economic case that that undergirds uh, accessibility um, may not be championed enough. Um, But you and I both know that there is a very strong and compelling case there. When you think about, uh, just the sheer number of persons uh, globally uh, and here in the U.S. that have, um, uh, that are persons with disabilities that uh, need to procure goods and services just like everybody else. Uh, so if nothing else, uh, that's a very, that, that ought to be a very strong motivator. Uh, why I think that doesn't happen is, again, is I think maybe uh, folks haven't embraced that. Um, uh, I think that um, there may be some concern around Hey, they think it's going to cost a significant uh, amount of money. Uh, maybe just a, a lack of knowledge, not understanding. Uh, but uh, I tell you what, Joyce, um, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll harken back to the comment I made about the coming wave. Um, is that I think accessibility is going to become table stakes. I think if companies want consumers, clients, businesses, uh, accessibility is going to need to be. You know, part of that. Yeah, I do too. Um, it is very, you know, almost shocking to me when you talk to companies and they're sort of like, well, yeah, we're going to do this or yes, we want to do that. And I'm thinking, what do you mean you want to do that? You know, to me, that's the Americans with Disabilities Act. Everyone should be able to come in. Everyone should be able to go into a building Everyone should be able to go on the website, and everyone, after they go on the website, should be able to go to the career page and apply for a job. So um, I 
I, I'm excited to see that day coming because um, it's as Jenny Lay Fleury says, if you talk to someone, and people do say this to me, well, we have an accessibility team, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure we're accessible. Then they aren't. <laughs> yeah, no, that's I, what I've Jenny, heard Jenny would say. Uh, make that statement myself directly. Absolutely, yeah. And and you know what? How true that is because it would be a resounding yes across the board with the confidence uh, of Kerry when he's talking here uh, about accessibility. And uh, as I said, everyone has to get in the door when Eve Hill, who is now the chair of the board of the Bazelon Center on Mental Health Law, was in the Justice Department as an Obama appointee. She spoke at the White House and I was there and she said, don't tell me you want to hire people with disabilities if we can't get to your career page. So don't say you want to if we can't get there. And with that, hey, it's time for our half hour on the half hour news break. And as I've told many of you, Perry Jude is Radisic, our six-year-plus newscaster is uh, out for a few weeks. She'll be back. Uh, Perry is the CEO of Disability Rights Pennsylvania for the entire state. But I always say, oh, no, that's your second job. You're really newscaster for Disability Matters, which, of course, she does this pro bono and just does a tremendous job for me. Uh, But we have a tremendous person that in her place is ready to provide the news. Uh, Gerald Homie, are you on the line? I am on the line. Hi, Joyce. Hi, Gerald. How are you today? I am doing great. And hello, Carrie, my friend. Hello, Gerald. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you for all that you're continuing to do for our community. And I'll have to tell you about what's going on music since you are... uh, my friend with the same eclectic music taste that I have. So <laughs> you've come across my, my, you've come across my mind recently. So yes, we'll definitely need to catch up on that front. It sounds great. Well, I've got some news today and for Bender, this is a topic that's always on our mind. And that is the employment of people with disabilities because our crusade here started from Joyce is the competitive employment of people with disabilities what myself, my team, and all of us here will continue to fight for until people with disabilities have the same opportunity as everyone else in this country to be included and to live the American dream that comes with competitive employment. From the Office of Disability and Employment Policy, ODEP, we have this latest statistics from January of 2024 for individuals who are over the age of 16 and the labor force participation participation rate of people with disabilities today is only at 24.5%. Oh my goodness. That's terrible, Gerald. That's worse. That's, that's, that's on the, I'm talking about ODEP statistics. That's, that is, I don't think I've seen it that low for years. I, I did, that's like 75%, 75.5, something like that. Do you know what I mean, Carrie? You know how you always hear me say 70% of people with disabilities are not counted in the workforce. Right. Uh, according right. to the, this just came out from the Office of Disability Employment Policy. Every day, folks, Department of Labor, has the Office of Disability Employment Policy. If you go to their website every single day, they have the work participation rates on their front page. I can't remember the last time, really, that I saw them so terrible. Was there any comments made about this, Gerald, as to why it is like that? 
I haven't seen any as of yet. This just shocked me to my core when I saw this latest this morning, the the news of the current participation rate. Um, along with that, the unemployment rate for people with disabilities is 6.6%. So those are the two current statistics for our population. I put in perspective, for people without disabilities, the participation rate is 67.6%. Huh. Almost the inverse. Wow. So we have a long way to go to fight this fight. So Sir. all of you listening to this show, keep fighting this fight, supporting Joyce, her mission, and the employment of people with disabilities. Gerald, thank you. I'm sorry to hear that news, but thank you uh, for keeping us on target. And we will look forward to hearing the news from you next week. All right. Have a great day, everyone. Lead on. Thank you. Boy, Carrie, that doesn't make me happy. Uh, it underscores the opportunity, right? Um, so it's individualance uh, that needs to be applied. So for sure. What does it take? I mean, why is this? Although I say to people all the time, if I come to your company, how many wheelchairs will I see? How many people using a speech device? How many service dogs? Why aren't there? What is it? As Russ Owen, who was the president of DXC Technologies would say, is your parking lot accessibility parking spaces filled? What's, what's going on there? Well, uh, hey, listeners, you heard it. I need you. I need you to support my work. Go to BenderConsult.com. Tell everyone you know that's looking for a job, refer them to me, but also tell every company, get the news out that we matter. We count. As I said, where the rubber meets the road is employment. That is where the rubber meets the road. Um, Carrie, I want to thank you for being one of those people that has been so supportive of my work uh, from the beginning and still is. And uh, one person, one person can make a difference. So, Carrie, accessibility, let's talk about WCAG 2.2. Could you explain first to our listeners what sure. is WCAG, what is it, and why is that important? Absolutely. And so, uh, so what WCAG is, is an acronym, and it's uh, WCAG, and it stands for Web Content Accessibility Guidelines. And so what these are, these are guidelines in, uh, about how to make the web more accessible for people with disabilities. So I think the first thing that people sort of immediately think about are folks that, uh, that might be blind or have low vision, but it's really much more expansive that, than that. Uh, it also includes auditory, uh, physical, speech, cognitive, language, and neurological disabilities. And so uh, these guidelines are, are published uh, by uh, something that's called W3C, which is a worldwide uh, consortium. And it's, uh, it's an international, uh, as the name would imply, an international organization. And, and these are guidelines that really provide a, a common framework uh, for accessibility uh, for organizations. So whether you're talking to somebody in the United States, uh, uh, Indonesia, Brazil, wherever it might be, uh, these standards are, are international. And why they're important, um, if you think about um, just the amount of commerce uh, that's done online, digitally, on websites, on, on mobile phones, um, if uh, digital content isn't accessible, uh, then you're shutting out persons with disabilities. It, it has to be accessible uh, as more and more uh, businesses done this way, just sharing of information. Um, it, it's really, it's, it's an imperative. So it, it's, it is important. Um, these guidelines undergo revision uh, from time to time. And so uh, I believe uh, the uh, 2.2 or the latest that have just come out, but there'll be 
uh, from my understanding, they're already working on 3.0. And so um, it, it's just a matter of continuing to uh, look at additional opportunities uh, to make the content accessible for all. Well, it's so important. Uh, you know what? Once again, a lot of companies don't seem totally understanding of this. And that's why I wanted to say every business person anywhere in the world listening to this call, this radio show, remember, it's on demand. You can go to Spotify. You can go to uh, Apple, BenderConsult.com, VoiceAmerica.com. Almost all social media venues listen to this show. You should share this podcast. Share this podcast um, because we got to let everyone know how important this is. And, you know, Carrie, I already talked to you about this. I don't know what you think about this. I think the reason companies are so uh, lackadaisical is I don't think they've been educated to understand. I mean, obviously, at PNC you are, but at some companies, and we'll say middle-sized companies, I I don't think the business case has been presented. What do you think? I, I tell you what, there's always an opportunity um, to promote that awareness. Uh, that is very much part and parcel what we do, uh, but certainly goes beyond awareness. So we've, we actually have a uh, a theme that goes from awareness to activation. And, and, it, and, and there is a lot uh, of folks out there that just simply uh, don't know. And so while we activate, we are also very much um, intentionally educating as well. So we do both simultaneously. Uh, we've uh, rolled out uh, robust training for our folks. Uh, one of the things that's so key, uh, Joyce, you know, I'll go back to you mentioned uh, uh, Jenny's comment about people saying, well, we have an office and we think we're accessible. What's important in any organization is if I own a particular process, me as that process owner, I need to uh, know whether I'm accessible and know how to make it accessible. So I, I shouldn't be relying upon uh, a third party, even within my own organization, um, if I'm a product owner, uh, then I need to understand the state of readiness for, uh, for that product, whether it's accessible or, or not. Um, but there's still a huge uh, educational um, opportunity um, that's out there. And um, I, I think that will always be the case. I do, too. I, I think it always will be also. Um do you believe, we just talked about low employment. Uh, Carrie, do you believe that that has possibly lack of accessibility, the impact on this low employment of Americans with disabilities? Uh, absolutely. Um, one hand washes the other, Joyce. And so, um, you know, I, uh, I, I know that, you know, we talked about it a bit earlier when Joe was on, right? The, uh, your uh, passion uh, and your life's work um, focused on providing, um, you know, employment opportunities, living wage employment opportunities for folks with disabilities. And, you know, when you do that, um, you may not have everything perfect, but you will learn. So hiring uh, persons with disabilities, one of the things I like to say is that persons with disabilities are the original life hackers, you know, people talk about hacking different things, life hacking. Well, think about um, you're born into a world, you're navigating systems that weren't designed for you and mine necessarily. You've got to be creative, you've got to be tenacious, you've got to figure out how things work. And what company wouldn't want uh, employees with those uh, types of attributes? And then here's the thing, uh, if I'm a person with a disability, uh, I have insights that um, can't be necessarily gained otherwise. I know how uh, I might be engaging with technology. And not only that, guess what? I know how a customer uh, with a, a disability uh, of a similar type might also be engaging as well. And so um, you, your eyes will be open uh, to the extent that you uh, bring on persons with disabilities uh, they will point out things, you know, as employees, they will point out things to opportunities. 
And uh, don't be afraid to do that. You're not going to get it perfect out of the gate, uh, but uh, that's where you start. Um, one of the things, uh, I, my team, uh, I say this a lot, they begin tired of hearing it. And I say the road to accessibility will always be under construction. Uh, we, will, we will never have fully achieved, but we've got to be diligent and, uh, and working on that road. Yeah, I love that. That is a great saying and so true. Yes, well, we've been talking to Carrie Stith, the Senior Vice President and Accessibility Director at PNC. We're going to go to a commercial break and we'll be right back. Don't go away. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Are you currently receiving SSDI or SSI and wanting to work? Did you know there is a free social security program called Ticket to Work to help you try work without risking your benefits? My Employment Options is an authorized SSA employment network specializing in work at home and local job placement in 47 states. Our clients receive a personal counselor to help find the best job fit and a staff certified benefits counselor for help with Ticket to Work protections. Ready to try working? Apply for free job placement help at My Employment options.com at highmark we believe what makes us different makes us better our differences broaden our perspectives and foster diverse skills which complement each other creating a stronger and more vibrant workforce it's this belief that earned us recognition by the usbln and the american association of people with disabilities as a 2014 disability equality index best place to work so we'll continue to celebrate diverse individuals because inclusion benefits us all. To find out more, visit Highmark.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Disability Matters. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. We're talking to Carrie Stith, Senior Vice President, Accessibility Director, and Disability Rights Leader, at PNC. Always a pleasure to be with Carrie Stith. So Carrie, um, I don't even know how you'll answer this. You've done so many things over the past uh, years, but this past year at work and in your personal life, what would you consider your greatest accomplishments? So what I think professionally, Joyce, over, over the past year, and I'm glad you, you bracketed down to just, just the year, um, it's, I would go back to the uh, framework that I mentioned earlier uh, about addressing accessibility holistically. Uh, again, I, I think that's so important, and um, it really just helps to, I would advocate, I would suggest that for any organization. I mean, we talked a little bit about burnout earlier. And so if somebody feels like, hey, I'm kind of off doing this by myself in one group, and somebody's like, hey, I'm off kind of doing this by myself, just by virtue of having those parties come together in dialogue, um, you know, that's empowering. And so, um, you know, so just creating that framework, I, I think, for us has just been something that's, uh, that's been important. I, I touched a little bit earlier, too, about 
um, about promoting accessibility and keeping it top of mind. And um, so we put out communication uh, on a on a recurring basis. Um, that that uh, yeah, I mean, everywhere people look, they're going to see something about uh, accessibility. Uh, because one of the things about accessibility, Joyce, is that it's got to get embedded in the culture. Um, I mean, you could have a centralized accessibility team of hundreds of people, but they're not going to be everywhere. And so I always like to make the analogy with accessibility, the focus that um, is on accessibility uh, is the same focus that many companies might put on uh, security, cybersecurity, and threats. Companies have policies and practices but it's, a, it's uh, dependent upon the individual employee to be vigilant. So it's, in, it's dependent upon that individual employee to not click on that suspicious email link. And that's where we really need to get with accessibility, uh, for people to be so educated about it and aware about it that they, they just see accessibility and, and also see where we're not being accessible. So, um, so that's kind of on the professional side. Uh, but uh, but personally, um, it's been a busy year, but uh, try to get away a bit more. So just, I'll say, mini vacations, uh, checked off something off of, off of the bucket list, had the chance to go to the Grand Canyon, had never been before, so that was delightful. Um, and I'm also uh, delighted that, uh, uh, you know, all, all things going well by the end of this year, that uh, I will have uh, completed my uh, Master's in Divinity degree. Uh, it's been a long time in the works, uh, seven years, and uh, so I should have that. Uh, been going part time, uh, but should have that wrapped up here uh, by the end of the year. So, uh, just a few of the things uh, for me that are per- personal, professional highlights of the past year. Wow, that is great. Where did you say you're going to get that Master's of Divinity, Carrie? Uh, re- uh, Regent University. So uh, I'm going. Uh, I've never visited the campus. Ironically, I'm going online. Uh, but uh, whenever I do graduate, uh, I will make a trip there <laughs> uh, to be able to actually attend in person to uh, to graduate. So, boy, that is really awesome! Congratulations to you! And you Thank know, you. Carrie, you are you are always so kind and uh, helpful. And by the way, Carrie is on my Bender Advisory Board with Dora Bush, Ted Kennedy Jr. Uh, Tony Quello and many other uh, executives in the Pittsburgh, uh, across, not just in Pittsburgh, across the United States. Uh, but, Carrie, I've, I wanted to ask you, who do you attribute to you being the way you are? You know, like a role model, who would you give credit to for that? Well, it, it, it starts with um, I have to. It starts with my parents first and foremost. Uh, my my parents were both uh, uh, had servant hearts. I know that you're familiar with the term servant leaders, and um, uh, that's the way they just approach life, even with their families. I saw how um, they led within their their broader families, the roles that they play. Um, so that's where it starts, and that was something. I'll give you a really quick example just to highlight my father. We we're talking this Black History Month. So um, my education has is, is always been something that's important uh, in my family, particularly my father's family. So his, his maternal great-grandparents, both uh, grandfather and grandmother, were college graduates the first uh, generation after slavery which is pretty remarkable. Um, so my great-grandfather has a, uh, uh, has a thesis uh, that uh, is on file today at Virginia Union University. But that uh, was implanted in him. Uh, he was a child of the Depression. He did not get the opportunity to go uh, to school. He was the, you know, to go on uh, beyond high school. Uh, but he paid for, helped to pay for the education of several of his siblings. So it's lessons like that that stick with you. Um, wow. that, that's, uh, that's where it starts. So, um, wow, what a, what a uh, story that is. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, paying um, it forward. Yeah. Paying it forward. Uh, what else were you going to uh, say? Certainly, 
Yeah, certainly, you know, uh, as a person of faith, my, my faith informs and undergirds everything that I do. Uh, and so uh, I try to, uh, I try to uh, reflect that uh, in what I do in my interaction uh, with people um, to try to be a net positive, right, to try to leave situations better than I found them. Yes, well, I am also. And wouldn't it be a great world if everyone followed love your neighbor as yourself? Wow, right. what a change that would make. Uh, I always say uh, when Jesus was talking and Moses, people don't know, uh, it's also in the Torah, but love your neighbor as yourself with no edits. So, as I said, if people would follow that, what a world it would be, a better world it would be. So, yes. Carrie, what message do you want to leave with our listeners today? Um, I'll just reiterate what I said a bit earlier. Um, don't be afraid to hire persons with disabilities. You're probably not good. You know what? Nobody gets this right right out of the gate. Um, you're always in constant uh, editing and adjusting. But start. And um, you, you'll be surprised uh, what can occur, delighted in ways that you would have never imagined. Yes, that is so true. Um, and it will make a difference. It's the best thing you can do because when you hire a person with a disability, you give them something that is a treasure, and that is freedom. Freedom to buy a car, freedom to live the American dream when you hire them, and it is the same around the world. Carrie, thank you so much for being with us today. Joyce, again, my uh, great pleasure, always a pleasure to engage with you and, and uh, as you say, the Bender family, because it really is a family if anybody's interacted with you. I'm delighted to have you, and you are part of the Bender family. Hey, everyone. We're getting ready to go. I got to tell you about next week. It is going to be a serious, yet at the end, hopeful call as we have a rabbi on talking about the shooting, the massacre at the Tree of Life Synagogue. Make sure you tell everyone about that. This is Joyce Bender. America's Voice, and when we're talking about how hard it is for people with disabilities to gain employment, here we have my quote for the day. If there is no struggle, there is no progress, said Frederick Douglass. Talk to everyone next week, and in the words of Mary Brocker, when you go out today, remember... Choose joy. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. We are the leader in live Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.